All right, inappropriate Earl. Uh, this is going to be a very controversial episode. I've had some controversy. What does that mean? <laughs> Hold on, dude. Let me do the intros. Uh, last week's guest, Robin Tran, she killed it. Uh, Moan Red before that. And uh, today we have, uh, I've never had a client and his manager on. I guess I'll uh, introduce the, uh, the manager on first. He's just got out of prison for seven years. Uh, I only, Six. I only, Jesus, I only know his first name. Uh, give it up for Julio. You want to talk? Who are you talking to when you say give it up, dog? Well, oh my God, this is already horrible. <laughs> and do you want to introduce your client? Well, it's not, re- it's not really my client, dog. I'm like a fan. I've seen him. Well, first of all. I've seen you, too. I'm a big fan of you, dog. I've seen you at the Comedy Store, dog. A lot of people have been at the Comedy Store lately. Like who? Mary Poppins. Mike Favor, man. <laughs> who else? That's it. Just... That, that transvestite guy? Boonchagalaka. Whatever the fuck his name is, dog. But listen, I saw Mike Favor, man, in the news, dog. And I had watched him from prison. They got a little VHS tape, and I watched his tapes, and I became a fan, dog. And then I saw you on the roast battle, dog. What's roast? That's that's my fan base is uh, prisoners. And uh, you just heard a third voice. I'll introduce him as uh, seems the manager's not hip to the podcast world, but uh, Mike Faberman. Guys, good to be here, man. Longtime friend of mine, and uh, you know you've been in the news uh, recently. Sure uh, have, and uh, got attacked by a bunch of feminists for uh, saying some shitty things in a private message to some lady on Facebook. I never even knew about this whole like screenshotting and exposing it to the world with the with the uh, tendency to want to destroy people's lives. I, I got to get on that train. Because that's the uh, controversial subject right now is w- what is private. I've certainly uh, I am things that I would not want the general public to see certain. Uh, well, that's my whole point is like any single human being out there, you could take something f- that they've sent or said or done and put it out for the world to criticize and they're going to get destroyed by millions of people. So it's not really like gigs. Do your five podcast listeners know what the fuck you're talking about, though? Well, yeah, basically, uh, you know, if I I am uh, Mike and say, uh, you know, I'm joking around and I say something uh, maybe uh, off color or, uh, you know, colorful in my language and uh, uh, I'd be in deep trouble if Mike screenshotted it and put it on Facebook uh, might give people the wrong impression that I was just kidding around or uh, now in Mike's case. Uh, he wasn't kidding, dog. I destroyed you, some pig. But let's get into the you. Uh, according to the, and you know, I did read the messages. It oh. seemed like you had asked her maybe to dinner or to hang I out. Had, I had met her at Jones in Hollywood, that cool little bar restaurant. Hit it off with her. We befriended. We we friended each other on Facebook. She seemed like she wanted to hang out again. That's what she had said. So I hit her up a couple times intermittently throughout the like throughout the months never got back to me which kind of bothers the shit out of me i understand women's new techniques are just not to respond and that's shitty if i was a woman all you gotta do is say listen mike i appreciate you showing interest but i'm not interested you say that a guy goes away but the ignoring thing really is that it's 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 annoying to say the least so finally she did hit me up and i said hey let's go for drinks and what seemingly was a polite uh, response was there was some undertones of some antagonizing going on there. And long story short, I felt antagonized and I wrote back aggressively and said some awful shit, which, you know, it happens sometimes. Listen, you, and in the heat of the moment, you say some awful shit. I mean, I have a different tact myself. Uh, if someone, uh, I've been in situations like that. I just don't get back to them. Like, all right, you don't want to go out with me? I, I don't even, uh, I, I figure why waste the energy? Right. Uh, but everyone's different. And uh, Julio? But what, what I wrote was pretty, you know, even though it was awful and deplorable, it was funny. And it's probably something a lot of men would love to say to some women. Right, Julio? Well, I'll go both ways, dog. I bet. I heard. Hey, Skeks, this is a very nice place, dog. Hey, 
I know there's a lot of gay guys in this apartment complex, dog. My question is, how much money do you think I could make if I jack off the whole building? Jesus Christ. Now you can make 20 over here. I mean, you could probably... You're not going to call me fat, are you? No, no, no. But you are fat. Um, you could probably make a fair amount of money, and I think in the prostitution world, they would call it roses, uh, you know, because that's the case the cops are uh, involved. Uh, How many roses? Dozens of roses. You yeah, can you know, uh, I... You can pay as much as three fifty for a, a GFE experience, which is a, the girlfriend experience. So I always thought Once weird. Again, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No dog. condom. No condom. Uh, that's like five hundred no- roses. Uh, hold on, let me do the price breakdown, and uh, <laughs> and you can figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, but who want who goes to a prostitute for the girlfriend experience? I mean, I want the prostitute experience. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what a bunch of pigs. So, Julio, uh, how was prison, man? How was it six years? Give me the highlights. Well, I'll tell you, dog, you made my stay. Well, actually, it was like six years. Like I said, I was in. Then I went back out. Then I went in again. And now I do the open mic, dog. And that's where I saw both of you. I heard you and did open Steve, too. Wow. That's what I can only hope for, dog. But so, I read about what happened to you, dog, mm-hmm. and I feel bad for you. Well, thanks, man. And I want to support you, my favorite man, dog. Did you think it was inappropriate for someone who had nothing to do with the uh, the uh, incident to to screenshot and put it out there for the world to see? Is that what happened? Yeah, I only read half the article, dog. Yeah, you're really informed. Um, but let me ask you this: like this has uh, it, it, it get it went. Uh, I guess it went viral. The the uh, my name. screenshots and yeah. your name, and yeah. it cost you uh, potential work. Bunch of gigs. My agent so called fired me, even though they weren't doing shit. I, I lost a couple gigs that were shitty, and overall, nothing happened. It well, was I have just, a question because yeah. of the controversy. There's some. How many shitty gigs canceled you, and why did you book them in the first place? Well, I mean, listen, you have good gigs and you have shitty gigs. Not all gigs are going to be the best. It just so happened that the pussies who book the shitty gigs are a little more sensitive because at any problem, if there's any incident at all with you know fan base or people who come and see the shows, they'll just uh, lose their clubs. Like clubs like Cobbs or the Comedy Works, they're not going to lose any business over me working their clubs. They don't give a shit. They People go there to see good comedy. But these ones that are barely holding on, you know, like the club I was working at the time when the incident happened, the guy freaked out and he said, I can't have you at the show because there's going to be protesters and, and, uh, and they're getting calls from all these feminist groups saying, you can't put this misogynistic pig on your stage. It's like, wow, dog. That's heavy duty, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, but I know, like, uh, Ralphie May brings out uh, Corey and Chad on the road, and they're pretty dirty, and uh, yeah. they have protesters, and it almost helps their uh, sell tickets. Absolutely. I agree. I, I think the real problem lies in the sensitivity of people in America nowadays. Everyone's trying to, like, come down on comedians for saying shit. It's our job to say fucked up shit to make people laugh. Why are you trying to monitor us? Why are you trying to hold us back from saying these things that people actually find entertaining? Just because one guy is offended by it doesn't mean that we shouldn't say it. It means you don't like it. Well, go fuck yourself or or go outside and have a cigarette. Stop being such a sensitive pussy is basically what I'm saying. Because someone sent these... uh, Hold on, I'm going to screenshot that. Someone sent uh, the screenshots to the Huffington Post. I mean, this thing got blown worldwide, dog. Dude, it was in the UK. It was in Finland. It was in Australia, the Middle East. I saw it on the Drudge Report, which is like the number one. Uh, it's like the Huffington Post uh, competition. It was in everything. Young Turks. Uh, I mean, I'm seeing new videos and new uh, articles almost every day but for at least three weeks. this could work to your benefit, dog. Yeah, I hope so. And listen, you guys know me. I'm a fucking prick. All right? I've been calling people pigs for 20 years. All of a sudden, the world finds out about it. Now they're offended. Get the fuck out of here. If you know me, that shit's funny. Okay, it's been working for years. It's been my persona. Now people find out about it. Oh, all of a sudden I'm a jerk. No, you just haven't been around for the last 20 years. Well, do you think, dog, that this is your 15 minutes of fame? 
Or will you have to call another woman a fat cunt to get it? I may have to write, write, rape a fat chick behind a dumpster to get any attention. Well, I'd like to get the first interview just to get the numbers. You got it. You got it. <laughs> listen, my point is, is like, listen, if people are offended by what I said to her, I understand. But it has nothing to do with you. Mind your business. All right. What do you, does it make you feel better to lash out at me and say shitty things to me? That's that's you doing the same thing I did to her, which makes you as bad, if not worse than me. Because you then had uh, one of the things I found interesting and in how you handled the situation was uh, you had a lot of, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, larger women tweeting at you, Facebooking you, like, mm -hmm. like antagonizing you. Now, me personally, I would have just blocked them, not dealt with them. You, uh... Fucked them. I say fire back, man. You know why? Confronted them. Yeah, and, and here's the reason why. Because bullies don't like to get bullied, and they don't know what to do. And that's what I felt like. Is you're going to come at me and attack my family? That That's when I really snapped, is when they took a picture of my family, and then above it said, failures. Right. I was like, okay, now you guys have just lost the high ground, and now I'm going to verbally sniper you from, from a distance, because most of them were hoping... They could just get their hatred out at me and just leave it be. Well, I just started fucking tagging them, and most of them didn't know what to do. They either stopped, because I'm really creative with my words. If you had read the uh, uh, the original shit that I sent that girl, like I'm very, you know, uh, vicious with the small amount of words that you can use on Twitter. And I just uh, just destroyed these fucking losers, man. And they didn't know what to do. Half of them stopped. The other half, like, pleaded for help for other people who had more followers than them to try to trash my life. It's like, no, dude, I'm not going to sit back and let you try to shit all over me. I'm going to shit on you back and see how you like it, you pussies. I admire that, dog. Cowards sitting behind their keyboards, dude. They can go fuck yourselves. We got to fight. We, we got we to gotta form some kind of group that starts destroying these losers okay because these these cyber pussy bullies are hurting people's lives i don't mind because i'm a, i have a thick skin i'm a comic i've been dealing with shit and rejection my entire life these pussies don't get it that it's not affecting me okay so what i got a couple shitty gigs but you know who gives a shit i booked more because of it than anything else but these people got to realize that what you're doing is worse than what i did so look, put the fucking mirror up in your own face. Wow, dog, he's fired up, dog. I'm fired up. Fuck these people. You Let me ask you me. something else, dog. If you calling a woman an ugly bitch got you famous, how come you weren't famous 15 years ago? That's what I'm saying. I've been doing that for 15 years, 17 years. Timing but, is everything, dog. But do hey, you I think, just got lucky, I guess. Do you think like... Uh, you know, 15 years ago, you didn't necessarily have cell... Like, we all have smartphones now. I mean, your next set at the comedy store or, or wherever you're at, the improv, I mean, people, uh, some girl will probably, you know, take a cell phone video of it, you know. Does bring, that bring it on. At this point, listen, it can never get worse than it ever did this one last time. And if they keep coming at me again, I'm going to keep throwing back. Here's the difference. I don't have to apologize to anyone. My, I don't have a TV show, and I don't have a, a huge career like Tosh and all these other people had. So you can't really affect me, and I'm a dangerous man when you can't fuck with me. So bring it on, and I'm just going to keep firing back and see how they like it. You know what I wish them? I hope every, there's highs and lows in everyone's lives, and I hope when they hit their low in their life that millions of people start snapping and attacking at them and see how I felt when they came at me, see if they like it. See if they think that's the appropriate way for people to handle, you know, a situation like this. I just think everyone's a bunch of sensitive pussies. They can't take it. And when people come at them, they're like, oh, oh, you're on the defensive. Damn right I am when you attack my family, post my address on Twitter. Someone did that? Someone addressed, yeah, someone put my address on Twitter. And anytime someone could have driven by, thrown a rock at my window, of uh, you know hurt my family attacked my my woman like that's not safe and that's not cool and as soon as they started doing that i was like you know what fuck these people wow dog well let me ask you another question <laughs> dog quicker this is live baby this is radio <laughs> not tv yeah, your on, numbers bro. are gonna be good skakes well i'm tweeting this to huffington post as soon good. as it's and by the way fuck them too <laughs> you know why they're worse than any other publication, they're all women on that fucking, on that 
on that uh, newspaper. And, and whenever they get an opportunity to destroy a man, they jumped right on it. I remember seeing their tweet like, hey, hey, can you send me all the information on this guy? Because we want to destroy him. They couldn't wait. They were salivating at the bit to try to fucking put these messages up there. And then when you really think about it, all I did was say something shitty to a woman in a private message. When did that become world news? Uh, I think it was like three weeks ago. Yeah, a month and a half ago. When have you ever seen someone say something shitty that went that viral? Uh, gee, it's uh, I can't think of one to be honest with you. So, it's your biggest beef? Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, were you mad that just your private conversation was exposed in a form that you didn't uh, intended to ever be? I was upset that a private. I, I never knew about these screenshots, and I never knew that someone would be able to take a private message, and maybe I'm behind the times because I'm not on Twitter and I'm barely on any social media, that someone who is not involved in a situation would snap shot my message and put it out there with the intent to destroy my life. I have a problem with that. And her name's Heather Ray, and, and she can go fuck herself. Wow, dog. And does she still correspond with you? Well, she, you know what she does? She hashtag fuckboys. Any guy who ever said anything wrong to a man to her is a fuckboy. That's, that's how she hashtags it. Like, okay, you're not a man hater, are you, huh, sweetie? You're not out there to try to destroy someone's life? Like, what if that happened to her? What if a woman said something shitty to a man? Would it ever be international news? I'm all about equal rights, and that's what feminism is. You should go transgender and try that. Well, you know, maybe I will do well, that. Well, you are in the right neighborhood. No, I, I believe You're in, in the feminism. right building. Feminism is equal rights between men and women. I get that. But when you try to destroy a man for something they say, that, that's, that's wrong. Because if a woman says something shitty to a man and we destroyed her, that would be an outrage. But because it's a man saying it to a woman, all of a sudden, oh, I'm the fucking bad guy. Get out of here. Everyone gets pissed off easily these days, dog, which Dude. leads me to my next question. <laughs> Are you surprised at the number of people who hated you no. before this happened? No. This time, dude, I'm a hated guy. I don't give a fuck. Well, I think before this, I don't think you were hated. Like, I uh, think people thought of you as like almost like Dice Clay from the standpoint of like... Yeah. Uh, Women don't like my stand-up. When I'm on stage and I and, and, and I look into the audience, men and some women dig it. But there are other women who don't like men or, uh, or, or don't agree with misogynistic style of comedy. I see them in the crowd like, well, fuck this guy. And when I get off stage, more dudes than women come up and say, love your shit, dude. My comedy's not for a, uh, a feminist type of audience, plain and simple. And, and I don't care. Half these people that attacked me because of this, I wouldn't want in my crowd anyways because they're sensitive pussies. I want people to come out to comedy clubs who like their comedy hard and fun and open-minded and don't get sensitive and, oh, my God, what he said offended me. Go fuck yourself. You're in a comedy club. Nothing should offend you. That offended me. Well, fuck you then. Please. Well, let, let's let me ask you this. Well, so basically, the your biggest detractors on this whole thing, I feminist. Uh, who have been your biggest supporters? Comics, because they know you. Well, not only know me, but a lot of them said what I what I wrote to that woman was funny, which it was intended to be mean and funny. Um, I didn't expect people to read it, but the, the fact that people did read it, a lot of people thought it was hilarious. Um, some people, and a lot of guys understand, because, listen, man, women aren't just innocent all the time. They do Women do fucked up things all the time to people and to, and to specifically guys, but they get no backlash. When did a woman become impervious to a verbal beating? I don't get it. Like, all of a sudden you can't say anything mean to a woman? When did that happen? If a woman does something to deserve a verbal fucking lashing, she deserves it. Give it to her. When, when did it become fucking wrong to do that? Skakes, I have a question for you. No, oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> I'm sure it's on topic. This is this bit's going over like a lead balloon. What? <laughs> <laughs> How much editing are you going to do on this podcast? None. Wow, Doug, you're. Fun. I, well, no, I mean, I want. I, listen, I had Mike on here. But I don't want to edit. Listen. It's his forum. It's uh, no. I mean, I want to talk. I, I want you guys to be 
honest with me if I if I went over the line or I mean I know what I initially said if read out of context by women who were trying to uh, interpret it wrong it, I look like a monster I get that I understand that however coming from a comedian one of which is a misogynistic type of guy in the first place if you knew my material and you knew me and read that you wouldn't be as offended as people were but people are judging me off one thing i wrote you never you never spend any time with me you don't know me if you knew me i'm well respected well liked because i give everyone else respect and i like everyone all right. If you knew that about me, you probably wouldn't have shit on me. But people sit in their basements and they're like, oh, how can I destroy this guy's lives that I that I've never met or never spent a single minute with? And they just spread they just spew hate. That's America right now. We're angry, we're frustrated, and all we want to do is kick someone when they're down. That's America right now. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I watched the show Vanderpump Rules, uh, mm-hmm. and it's a reality show. And uh, I used to do what you just described. I would Right, how bad the show was. Yeah, I was making fun of all the people on the show, and then I met them. I was like, "Wow, they're like the greatest people ever! Like, uh, they really are. Just super cool. They're not anything like they're portrayed on the show." Mm-hmm. So, is that what you're asking people to give you a? No, like, I don't give a fuck what these strangers think about me. Okay. I really don't. But I'm just saying it's an epidemic in this country to be prejudiced. You don't know anything about someone. You read something that may be hearsay, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You don't know anything. All you want to do is spew hate and make yourself feel better by trashing someone else's life. That's what 90% of this country does. You're still and, alive, dog. Fuck them, dog. Yeah, fuck them all, man. But I mean, like, I, I guess what I was saying was if people met you and said, oh, he's not the person I thought he was through just reading the screenshots. Sure. What was your question, Julio? I'm sorry to cut you off at the pass. I got to look at my phone. I just jacked, dog. Hold on. <clears throat> but I mean, listen, have you ever said anything that was worthy of if displayed publicly that people could judge? Absolutely. Okay. And wouldn't you say that probably a 90% uh, of people have done that or or will do it in the future? I would probably say 100%. Okay. I don't think there's anyone out there. So why did mine get so much exposure and i became the face of every man who has ever done anything wrong to a woman um well you know to be honest with you i think a lot of it has to do with donald trump like uh you notice the first line of attack on him is uh the statements he made about women i think he said you can't be a 10 if you don't have big tits (laughs) um you uh he called rosie o'donnell a pig well he was right about that uh he uh Uh said in regards (laughs) to uh carly fiorina look at that face basically she can't be present because she's not the most attractive woman and then right around uh this time frame you know your situation happened i just think it was horrible timing to have it happen while trump is in the spotlight as being a misogynistic animal. It almost seems like everyone who has a problem with Trump or misogyny in general just took it out on me. It's like they're looking for a face to uh, to attack, you know? And I don't care, to be honest. So let me, uh, getting back to the comedy world, and, and uh, like when you call a club, say, I, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out a club's name. I don't know if you've been there or not. Say you call side splitters in Utah. Do you get... Like, we'll get back to you. Do you get initial resistance or do you just get a no right away? I'm not really sure how widespread the attack on the clubs were with respect to these people. I know that they had contacted the clubs that I had recently uh, performed. Like, I was on a five-week run right before this. I was in uh, San Francisco at Cubs. I was in three clubs in San Diego. I was in... um, in phoenix not phoenix uh, i was at the laugh factory in scottsdale and then i was ending my run in reno and uh right at the end of that run is when all this exposure came so i was going to take some time off anyways but i think they only reached out to the clubs that i had recently worked um and then uh maybe a few others but i think where it affects me most is New York, it, I think most of the exposure was in New York and Los Angeles. So I don't know how many casting directors or, or producers or agents or women in the industry uh, took note of that and said, all right, well, this guy's done. 
But, you know, the way the world works is for three weeks, for four weeks, people hate your guts. And then in a year, they'll remember the name and they'll forget the crime, so to right. speak. So, you know. Is that what, what you're hoping? Now, do you think? I don't. Listen, I, I'm all about, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please. I'm all about making my own content anyways. I've never had any luck in this time with respect to booking movies. I've been on TV a couple times and some TV shows. But I make my own shit. I, and no one can stop you when you do that. I have eight cooking DVDs. I have a comedy boxing thing. I have a, uh, a best-selling cookbook. These are things that I created that I can sell, and no one can stop it. So I'm always about protecting your own ass and not worrying about other people to to rely on to get shit done. Well, I must say, I was part of the comedy boxing uh, yeah, you were, comedy you were store, awesome. and my favorite part of that whole... Uh, Shooting was uh, it was done in a boxing gym in Burbank, and uh, the first fight was uh, Josh Martin against Boone Shakalaka. Oh, great uh, fight. Now Boone's rumored to have AIDS, and right before the fight, <laughs> the owner of the gym, who's like an old school muscle bound, you yeah, know, boxing mobster type of boxer, you know, fifties guy, comes up to me and goes, looking at Boone, going, "Hey, uh." That guy doesn't really have AIDS, does he? And I'm like, uh, you know, I can't, re <laughs> I can't confirm I, uh, or deny. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Rob Schneider told me what Steve Martin told him: create your own content and become so marketable, no one can fuck with you. And that's your seems to be your, uh, you know, with the cooking DVDs and the, you know, uh, the, you know, the boxing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, DVD and. and <laughs> You know, it's you're doing. He that. streams that now, dog. Hey, where can be? Do you have like a website where people can get this stuff? Yeah, but I, you know. Oh, you don't want to. Don't worry about that. Okay, um, but <laughs> I want to uh, address something though. It's like this, this. This this town, as you know specifically, it's like um, you know, you work your ass off years and years and years, and no one takes notice. And then all of a sudden, one thing like you being part of that roast battle. Yeah, it gives you all this huge exposure, and then and then things happen. I remember Moses down in San Diego as an open micer, and he'd come up and be, "Hey, man, I really like you." And I said, "Dude, you'll find your thing one day. You'll you'll work your ass off. You find this one thing. Next thing you know is the roast battle, which is going to fucking blow up to this huge thing." Yeah, it's uh, you know, I never shit on anyone's idea because I I was there the first night, Josh Martin. And Kenny Lyon, we're going to get into a fight. Moses kind of kiddingly said, why don't you guys roast each other? And now in three weeks, we're going to be in Montreal. You know, congratulations on that. You do that racist character dog on the show. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Who is that character based on? It was that? based on Archie Bunker, uh, who, uh, you know, I'm 47. So all in the family, when I was a kid, was like a big show. And, uh, and it was also based on a, um, I don't want to get sued, so I'll just say a, an ex-employee of the comedy store. And uh, it kind of blossomed into uh, the role it became. And then uh, I think Comedy Central was like, you know, we're not sure if we can work with that, but you can roast if you'd like. So I can't uh, believe they denied that. I mean, get rid of the initial name, but make it the hater. I can believe that you can't believe that, Doc. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. Like uh, the when we taped in L.A. for uh, the Road to Roast Battle show out July 24th, they were like, hey, we want you to hate tonight, too. So that was great. Your, uh, your roast was great. You, you're the only one who knows how to put on a show entering, which gives you the upper hand. It's yeah. A lot of people uh, said it's possibly cheating by doing that. Because I, you know, you're almost it's, getting a free joke. It's a oh, I don't care. Psychological edge. That's uh, in every sport. There's a psychological edge, in, in some respect. Because well, I'm not a good enough roast writer to compete with Jesse Joyce or, or uh, you know, Olivia Grace or uh, Sarah Tiana. But I think I can outperform them. So that's I have to do it, or else I wouldn't be going to Montreal. And Montreal's uh, very uh, wrestling, pro wrestling. Uh, fan base there so i think they'll appreciate whatever entrance i have planned at least your shirt dog uh, well yes i'm wearing right now by the way uh dude is that camilla that is uh kamala kamala uh i'd like to thank uh the newest sponsor uh of uh, inappropriate Earl, kamalaspeaks.com where you can <laughs> where you can buy his book uh kamala speaks twenty dollars it's autographed to you individually trust me kamala's got the time and uh it goes towards his diabetes medicine 
I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. He has diabetes. He has no, no legs. Yeah. He, he's hey, at least he in. lost weight. Yeah. Well, uh, he's a lot shorter than he used to be. And I'm sure the WWE is going to put him and Lex Luger in a ladder match. Uh, but hello. That's the only joke that bombed. I was asked to be the host of the Roddy uh, Piper Memorial at the Comedy Store. And Steve Simone, a great comic, super nice guy. He was too close to Piper to do it. Like, he really was... Like, I was close and sad, but Steve was like... So they said, hey, just just go up there and do some wrestling jokes. You know, get the room going. And uh, my first joke was, hey, everyone, my name's Earl. I was Roddy's co-host. And I uh, got a couple messages from people who uh, wanted to send in their love. They can't be here. Uh, Kamala's going to be here. He's just rolling down Sunset right now. And uh, I just <laughs> hear Diamond Dallas Page in the back. It's sold out. And Diamond Dallas Page, uh, oh, my God. And, it's a uh, roast, bitch. Relax. I, oh, he was cool. Who's DDP, that, DDP yoga. Uh, check it out. <laughs> I'm just plugging everyone's. Uh, I, are you a huge fan of boxing back in the? I mean, I'm wrestling boxing. back. In, but but I mean wrestling. I, I meant like the, the like these uh, yeah. WWF. I was well. See, and I always tell people this. Uh, I was a fan when uh, you know there's no internet. So like Kamala's the perfect example. I really awesome. loved them. I well. I really thought he was a savage, like beast from yeah. Uganda. You now, if someone's he's built, not. no, he's from South Carolina. Same difference. And he's legless, right? It, well, uh, he puts out the best videos on YouTube. He's like got he's in his wheelchair in his backyard, and he's like, I didn't think the diabetes would be bad for me. And I'm like, well, you may not have tanked, but you should have thanked. <laughs> and uh, so, KamalaSpeaks.com. <laughs> But, like, <laughs> that's why I was a fan of wrestling in the 70s and 80s. It's Dude, I loved it. I grew up on Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, uh, George the Animal Steel. I saw, jo do you remember George the Animal oh, yeah. Steel? He used to eat the turnbuckles, and I saw it live at a hockey rink event. I went to one of those wrecks. It was like, I went crazy. I would go home and beat on my dad, and, like, I just remember, like, going crazy thinking these guys were real, too. Yeah, but, I, yeah, I mean, I thought George the Animal Steel was, like, some, I think he was billed for being from Parts Unknown. Yeah. So I would look on the globe for Parts Unknown. Like, that's how, like, it's I was a, a real schmutzer back there. I was a real schmutzer. But he was, like, a, uh, a computer science yeah. genius. You know, uh, Kamala was a long-haul truck driver. and he Oh, just, really? He was in like some uh, 7-Eleven or something, and uh, someone from the WWF at the time was like, hey, you're huge. Jerry Lawler. Oh, yeah. Of course, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler from, uh, what's his name? Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Right? Jerry Lawler is the one who came up with the Kamala gimmick. Really? Uh, and he's also called uh, Playboy Buddy Rose a fag on live TV. So, oh, good I mean, God. that was the, they had some crazy fucking uh, things. But I now, thought that Lala Andy Kaufman shit was real too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I was convinced that they, like, he beat on him and, and that they hated each other. But I, yeah, I mean, I, I really wish, I, I sound old because I am, but I, I mean, it's a boxing, I loved heavyweight boxing in the loved 70s. It. If you think about the heavyweight boxers in the 70s, you had a prime Ali, a prime Foreman, a prime uh, Joe Frazier, and even the second tier guys were amazing, like Ernie Shavers, and a guy who... Liston. Yeah, I I, well, I mean, he was Liston, uh, probably at the... But like Jimmy Young, and a guy I'm... Jerry Quarry. Jerry Quarry, uh, for white, uh, for any color, Jerry. he was great. But there was a guy named Ron Lyle, who I always yes. try to turn people on But to. He, fought, he had a legendary fight with George Foreman. Foreman. That was a slugfest. Four and a half rounds. Killer. Knocked rounds. Foreman down three times. Yeah. Only person to knock him down at that point. Yeah. In prison for seven years before that fight. Dude. Took Ali uh, to 12 rounds. Yeah. And he was winning the fight until he Ali took him. But uh, Dude, he was the most underrated heavyweight of that yeah. generation. That Especially, you know, given that he was in prison for seven years. Yeah. Where they said legend is he did like a thousand push-ups a day like, wow you know cause it's, and you know probably a few dudes named joey too but hello doing, doing. so let's get back to comedy uh, we kind of uh straight off the d julio are you hanging in there baby i don't know who you're talking about dog julio in prison did you ever like fight anyone no my prison bitch my prison bitch sucked my dick and then it was all love, dog. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Boy, this podcast is gonna, it's gonna get all kinds of reactions. Gigs, are you gonna show everybody your dick? <laughs> no, I'm if good. you haven't seen my dick by now, it's not worth it. <laughs> I showed. I, I did a 
show last night at the improv for Vanderpump Rules, and uh, I showed my dick pic to the crowd. Got a big reaction. Big reaction. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so Please. what's what's next for Mike Faberman? Are you gonna like? Uh, let, let's get to the L.A. scene right now because you're L.A. based. Have you had uh, fallout uh, from? I mean, would you say the comedy store is your home base? Yeah, the comedy store is my home. I, since that incident, even though I had spoken to uh, the people that are in charge over there, they claim that it has no effect. Or it's it's had no effect on whether I've been booked there or not. However, I have not gotten a book spot there in a while. However, I do perform there regularly, like two times this week. I caught uh, Monday. I got got on right before you, right, or right after you, and then the other night I caught a fallout and almost caught another one last night. Um, and then also in the belly room, I hosted and also did a spot on. Uh, the Omer's show. Well, that I wanted to bring that up because uh, that was I, the first set I did after the whole thing. Right. I remember uh, when I asked uh, the promoter, I said, "Well, uh, I saw the flyer, and mm-hmm. she didn't really specify who was hosting." I'm like, "Well, who's hosting?" She's like, "Oh, Mike is, but I don't want to put him on the flyer." Right. Like, uh, I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You know," and, and they got all nervous about. Well, what well, had, what had happened? I don't know if you knew, but she had a partner. Right. And the partner was like, I will not have this guy on the show. A female partner. I think so. I don't even yeah, know. yeah. I didn't ask. All I know is anyone who, who isn't willing to take a risk and put someone, you know, good on the, on the stage to do a set because of that whole incident, then, you know, once again, another pussy. But uh, she's like, you know what? Screw that. I'm putting him on. I told her, I go, I go have some balls and put me on. And she's hey, like, Hey, right, have some it. balls. Yeah, have some balls. Because the night at the last show I did, I was hosting, and you uh, did a, like a pop and uh, and killed. Hmm. So does stuff like like not being announced as being on the show? Does it, do you care about stuff like that? Well, for the for the couple of weeks that everything was going down, I was a little worried about people being the audience who were one of the haters, right? And like not not filming or but like being kind of bitchy about it, you know? Because there was a lot of people I just didn't know. If I would encounter anyone in the audience who was completely against it, and to be honest, for the first couple of weeks after the whole thing, there were a, I could tell there was a weird energy to some people, and others, you know, were very supportive. But I just kind of wanted the whole thing to blow over so I could get back to work. You know, this is the this is the one that one thing that really angered me is like people wanted to destroy my career when my career has been for the last seventeen years going to people's towns and trying to bring happiness into people's lives. I've spent my, half my life trying to bring a little happiness into people's lives, and people want to s- stop me from doing that? It doesn't make sense. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it really bothered me that, oh, you know, let's destroy this guy's career. Well, this guy's career is is helping people in a sense, you know? Would you say, uh, some people might say you have a hard time uh would you say what you do on stage is a character or is it an extension of just who you are it's a personification of who i am so do you think people have a uh, hard time going uh, okay mike's on stage but when he's off stage you know it's not the guy on stage no i mean listen dude. can you repeat that slowly dog when you're on stage you are uh, who you choose to be on stage and you know i'm a nice guy and, and I, I think I'm very respectful to people, but those qualities don't really translate to being on stage. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be that guy. And when I'm on stage, I'm a prick. I say, uh, I say mean shit. My material is kind of like, whoa, what did he just say? But it's funny. And I've been successful with it for a long time. I enjoy doing it. And, uh, and I get compliments from people regularly on, you know, my shows and the experience that I bring to people. So when I'm on stage, I'm a little bit of a different person, you know? Um, I would say to answer your question that you're a portion of yourself on stage is, is who you are in, in real life as well. Right. I mean, it's like when I do the house hater or, or when I did the house hater on uh, roast battle, it was a total uh, like a fantasy role for me. Like, I'm going to say stuff I would never say off stage. But you uh, think in real life? Well, I think to myself. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's I'm what I mean. Kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, Aren't we being honest there? Isn't the whole point? Listen, I was raised by an African-American gentleman, the great Leroy Prince. So I'm down with the brothers. Um, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not going to be fake about it like OJ and go to Roscoe's, you know. <laughs> I mean, 
but uh, listen, man, just because I come up with something that's inappropriate doesn't mean that represents who I am. That's just a right. thought. I we're comedians. We come up with like, oh man, that's fucked up. That doesn't mean I believe it. That just means that I came up with that thought that I think is funny that other people may think is funny as well. It doesn't have to necessarily represent who I am as a person. Right. So, so. what's like your next, what, what's next for Mike Faberman? Dude, I'm you know, listen, I don't care about fame. I really don't. I just want to do what I love to do. And what I love to do is I love touring as a stand-up. I love creating my own content. And I, I love just creating in general. And right now I got a horror film that, I'm, uh, that I wrote. I'm looking for financing. I, I just pitched a couple TV shows around. I'm pitching Damn, a dog. And then I'm touring with, the, the, touring with the comedy cooking shit, too. Will you take me on the road, dog, if I call an, a bitch, an ugly bitch for you? Yes, I will. Maybe we'll do like an ugly bitch tour and you can be my opener. How long do I do up top? Well, how much do you have? I got three minutes, dog. That means about 30 seconds. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Didn't we do a gig, Julio? You mean uh, uh, <laughs> Joey Marmo? <laughs> Joey Marmo? Joey Marmo, dog. He's, he's an OG up there. That guy's great. He's a classic. I take it that's a no. Julio, <laughs> do you want to answer the question? I don't remember, dog. I've been just doing comedy for six months, so I might have I might have met Joey Marmol, but I don't fucking know, dog. There's a lot of freaks down there at the comedy store, including you two fuckers right here, dog. But I don't know the names of the comics, dog. I know I've seen you both. I'm fans of you, and I would like to open up for you, too. Well, my touring schedule right now is worse than Quiet Riots. So I got a lot of open dates. You can open up for me behind a dumpster at the comedy pew, store. Pew. Hello. Hey, can we talk about uh, the comedy store actually fucking kicking, killing it right now? Yeah, yeah. Let's, I mean. Uh, Dude, that place is just, it's like the 80s again, man. Now, you guys, I mean, uh, Mike's been around the comedy store a long time. Uh, Julio's just, uh, you know, he's like the Ron Lyle of comedy. He took a sabbatical in prison. Uh You've been at the store since it's dark ages, you know. Oh, man. When did you come up to the comedy store? I got the job at the comedy store in 99. That's basically when I started comedy. And uh, it was awful back then. The lineups were horrific. The comics were um, were just old and haggard, man. They just didn't care. They didn't get their breaks or they had their breaks. Nothing happened to them. And everyone was just kind of like phoning it in. And the crowds, literally, dude, we almost had to cancel every night because the crowds were like between eight and like 15 people to start the show. But just to explain that to like people who don't understand how the comedy world works, when you say like this is, uh, you know, late 90s. So you and I'm not uh, I'm just using this guy as an example. Uh, you had a lot of big comics in the 80s. They, they had a nice run uh, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you know, uh, their time had passed. So you. Take someone like, say, a Barry Diamond, who I think people don't remember how he was a huge fucking Dude, comic. He was in a huge comedy movie. Bachelor Party, huge. Punchline. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the end. The, but then in the 90s, guys like him, uh, you know, became obsolete. Let's be honest. And so they were up at the store going, hey, uh, where's my three or four spots a week? And uh, uh, I don't know who the, I think Corey, uh, Freddie Soto's wife was, no. uh, like, uh, dude, uh, you haven't done anything in 10 years. So they're bitter hanging out at the store. Yeah. Uh, so, and dude, then when, when I was, sorry to interrupt again, but when I, when I was uh, starting at the store, whether working or, or, or trying to perform, the big stars were Freddie Soto, and Johnny Sanchez. Those were the two that had potential star qualities. And I remember Holtzman as well. And then slowly Joey Diaz and Mike Ricker. They were they were at the bottom end of the lineup. But the meat of the lineup was like, like you said, old school guys who had a shot or just nothing happened for. And they were phoning it in, dude. It was hard to watch. Like a Barry Sobel type. I don't want to mention any names. Oh, well, I will. This okay. is where I'll take... No, Dave I'm, Tyree. Who uh, I Lame paid... A lot of money to write. But he like, also brought you up to the store many years he did, ago. Listen. Didn't he introduce you to? And I remember that. Um, but a lot of these guys, they just like they were just not washed up, but they just they were done. Like yeah. Dave Tyree is the perfect example. Here's a very very funny black dude, but unfortunately for him, he grew up in the same uh, time frame as Richard Pryor mm -hmm. and then Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence and even 
someone like a Franklin Ajay, it was like, well, there's really not room for a fifth funny black guy. Right. So it's just bad timing on his part. So he was very like when I he wrote me my first batch of material because I just I wasn't good enough to write on my own. And uh, I, I looked at his jokes. He wrote me the other day, all stolen jokes. He sold you stolen jokes. Yeah, that but I was crazy. such an idiot. That's a Vinny Favorito move. Like one of the jokes was, hey, I just bought a liquor cabinet. I don't even drink. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, can I use that? But I was so great. Come on, guy. You know, but he did get me my first spot ever at the comedy store. So and that's great. But, but my point being is like um, there had been a lull in comedy and uh, it was pathetic and it was hard to watch. and It was hard to be around. But I, I latched on to like Diaz and Mike Ricker who had been around and they were like dirtier comics and they had a little bit of a uh, little bit of juice at the time. You know, they were funny. They were touring and they, they told me all about like, uh, you know, getting on the road, which, you know, I was living in L.A. I didn't dream of driving cross country and, and hitting these shit gigs at these, uh, uh, you know, at these cities all around Montana and in Washington State and Oregon. The triple runs. Those triple runs, yeah. I don't know if anyone knows what those are. If you're a comic. They're the worst. They were awful. But there was a good place to cut your teeth. But long story short, dude, ever since like maybe 10 years ago, there was a young wave of comics that kind of swooped through the club. Like the Renazizis. Yeah, you know, a bunch of our buddies that uh, kind of rejuvenated and juiced up that place and, and got people to start coming out again. And up until about two, three years ago, that place has just been pumping, man. You know when the comedy store puts money into new rugs and roofs, we must be doing well. I mean, if you go into the original room now, it's all new booths, uh, chairs. I think the uh, main room is all new carpet and booths, too. Uh, even the belly room's gotten... Uh, I mean, Roast Battle's really uh, revived the belly room. Anyway. Oh, yeah. The belly room's actually like a fun place to p perform now. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the energy. Uh, and I think it's the new management, uh, Eric Anderson and... Uh, I, I, I talked to Jimmy Schubert. Jimmy Schubert was around in the 80s with Kinnison and all those guys when there was a rejuvenance, like a big comedy boom. And I said, Jim, I go, is this anything like what it was back then? And he goes, it's, it's, it's almost better. Because when you walk into the comedy store on a, on a nightly basis, all rooms are packed. Yeah, I mean. And uh, the hallways, packed. And the, the patio, packed. It's just a party there now. And all the great comics come there now. The other night, in one room, Ron White, Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan, D'Elia, and a bunch of other really funny motherfuckers, all in one room. Packed house, killer fucking audience. Yeah, I mean, the lineups are uh, uh, unbelievable. I was Insane. on one the other night where it's like, uh, even I was like, oh, I don't think I should be on this lineup. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is Tom really, Papa. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, Rogan. don't get me wrong, I was happy, but like Joe Rogan, Diaz, uh, Theo I Vaughan. think both of you guys are as funny right. as anybody, dog. I'm a big fan. Thank you, Julio. I, I can't wait. I'm to see just learning family. a lot right now. I almost want to cry, partially because it's so fucking hot in here, dog. <laughs> My prison cell was cooler than your fucking house, eh? Well, I do appreciate you putting a T-shirt behind your sweaty back, so I don't get your DNA on my couch. Uh, my it's, already, it's already on there. Don't worry. Uh, what were you going to say about your balls? <laughs> you keep staring at them, dog, and I like it. <laughs> uh, so what do you what do you like about Julio? What do you like about the comedy world? What what's what, what, Yeah, what you're turns a story well, guy. I think like I mean, I like the hot dudes and the hot oh, bitches, dog, because back in the day before I went down four times in a row, I know what you're talking about, dog. I saw the comics and the bitches were ugly. The dudes were gnarly. Now everybody's fucking hot, dog. So Please. sometimes I get hard walking around on the patio. Then they call my name and I got to put my dick down, dog. Nice. What do they call your name for? Three minutes. I just fucking told you, eh? I'm not there for my health. I want to be as famous as you guys one day, dog. So you want your name on the wall? On the comedy store wall? <laughs> no, on the no, just on a wall. Because <laughs> yeah. I hit up on walls all the fucking time, dog. What gang were you in? I'd rather not say because 
What are you on the podcast for, Holmes? I'm learning, dog. And you let me in like a fucking idiot. Hey, if you got shit missing, just know that I needed it more than you, dog. You got a lot of money. <laughs> well, that was really not much to take. It just well, I'm, Hey, but, can I borrow some money, dog? What are you... Uh, well, I won't say that. Give man. some comedy store checks. I'll hold them over for about a week. How much do you guys make at the comedy store when you, like, bomb for 15 minutes? How much is that? Well, the the same as bucks. much as when we kill. But, bucks. but if you get the main room now, uh, I hear the main room checks since certain people have left <laughs> uh, are a lot bigger than they used to be. Well, I used to do the main room and our checks would be like 70, 80, sometimes 100 bucks. Now they're like 300 for the same size audiences, which means that somebody was taken out of the cookie jar. Well, I think someone uh, who we all know and uh, love, uh, just he just had an interest. Interesting way of accounting. Sticky fingers. Yeah. Uh, who are you talking about, dog? I can't guy. say. Some guy. Favor man can be honest. Why can't you, dog? Because I'm just trying to get the numbers, man. I don't have a... I, I'm not in the budget for lawsuits right now. Favor man, I admire, speaking of balls, I admire your balls, dog, the way you handled this controversy. Let me ask you, but if you could go back in time, would you do this podcast? No. No, but I would, if I was to go back in time for this to happen again, I would do what I did, which was to fight back. Yeah, I would. You're still doing it, dog, when I check your Twitter account. Yeah, people are still coming You're at letting me. them have it again, dog. Why not? Well, like, see, that's where you and I would differ, like I said. I would just let it blow away and, and you know, the cloud will dissipate sooner than later. But do you think... And I don't care what your answer is. Do you think by... Well, then why are you asking? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, either way, we're still friends. Like, do you think by, uh, I don't want to say antagonizing, but engaging with them, you're keeping the cloud over you? Oh, I don't care. I, re I really don't. Because I'm not afraid to let people know what kind of comic I am. You know, I want people to come see me who know what they're getting into and, and, and are not going to be sensitive and who are going to enjoy it. So if you're sensitive and you don't like, you know, crazy, fucked up, shock humor type of things, then stay home, man. I don't really don't. I don't want people to come up to me. I didn't enjoy your show. I don't care. I don't do it for everyone. I do it for the people who want to come out and have a good time. Like like one lady came up to me and was like, I didn't enjoy your, your joke about your Jewish joke. I go, well, I'm Jewish. And I thought it was funny, and I don't care what you think. Take it or leave it, but I'm not sitting there and taking comment cards after the show. So take it home with you. You know, and, and I'm not, and here's another thing I want to talk about real quickly is that no, when a comedian says something, we are not responsible for how you interpret it. Okay? So if I say something intending to be funny and someone takes it offensive, that's on you. That has nothing to do with me. I'm not responsible for how you manipulate what I say and how you uh, interpret it. That's that's you know that's I your agree, problem. I agree, dog. The thing is, these days, when I went down, I came back out. The whole world have changed, dog. Like everybody's politically correct now, dog. I mean, the only group that you can talk about these days and get away with are albinos. And that's only because they're from outer space. Ah. Now I'm doing bits, Doc. Yeah, you gotta have to work on that one. <laughs> that's not human. <laughs> you don't have to tell us. You just tell a, an albino joke. Edit that out, Doc. Too too late, brother. <laughs> I live. learned how to edit when I was down. They had a class, so I could do this shit for you, Doc. I've had two guests say the n word on this podcast, and they're like, afterwards, "Hey, man, you're gonna edit that out." I'm like, "Nope." Not when the host said it five times, shit. What's the N-word? Uh, okay. That's another podcast. <laughs> I have a feeling this podcast is going to get a lot of hits regardless of whether we delve into that. Uh, now, do you... Can I, can I, can please I make another do. statement? It's open forum, baby. So do you think there's a problem with all these people attacking comedians for saying shit? Like in like your situation, not, not even mine. Like like Tosh or even Natasha Leggero went through something that she said on, uh, you know, she had to issue some kind of not an apology but some kind of statement for something she said, um, and uh, you know, people have been fired from TV shows for something they said live. And do you think do you think that monitoring and and uh, and and criticizing what comedians say say should stop? I mean, here's the problem with, I think, the... Uh, it was either Tosh or Dane Cook did a rape joke. 
It was Tosh. Uh, but you, the, Tosh said a rape joke live, and then the girl that was offended went and told her friend, and her friend blogged about it. Right. So it, once again, it was somebody who was not even involved in the situ- situation. It was interpreted through a tertiary informant. And next thing you know, he had to issue some kind of apology for it because he had a TV show and it was jeopardized. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, see, here's my problem with the Tosh joke. I didn't think it was that funny. I think if it's fun, and he's great. and throw away. Uh, so I think if it was, like, super funny, he would have gotten a lot less shit. But I think... <laughs> so if a, if, a, if a joke bombs, then you can be criticized, but if a joke's funny... No, no. I'm saying, I think, and listen, a rape joke's going to get criticized whether it's funny or not. But I think... Like, I did a rape joke against Olivia in Roast Battle mm-hmm. at, at uh, Riot LA. What, what was it? Um, she was uh, sexually assaulted in real life. That's and, hilarious. Um, so here we are in a packed theater, LA Riot. They're not really uh, familiar with Roast Battle, so it was, uh, you know, some of the harder jokes. You a sensitive say. crowd, uh, yeah, so to speak. A hipster crowd, I would oh, say. God. And uh, the joke that uh, probably won me the battle was um, Olivia was raped by a black guy. But she didn't mind because it was in his ice cream truck. Pretty big laugh. <laughs> and then it was a three-tier joke. And then I'm like, uh, I'm not saying Olivia was lonely, but when the assault was over, she said, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> and then I forget the third part. Uh, and now mean? rape, it, horrible, obviously. Absolutely. Nothing well, three-tier funny. rape jokes are okay, dog. But well, if it's funny, my, it's okay. My point is, nothing funny about rape. It's awful, awful. But uh, I think at the end of the day, why I didn't get so much shit was because it was a funny joke. It got laughs. Even if the girls in the crowd laughed. Uh, and so I think if that joke bombs, people go, well, rape isn't funny. So, well, favor, sure man, you should write some funny rape jokes, dog. You're you know, good. I don't have any rape jokes. You but white I mean? comics say the N word sometimes on stage, mm-hmm. and they get less shit if it's funny. I, I have a joke that that, that says uh, uh, that blackpeoplemeet.com. dot com, right. and I said if it was an app on the phone, you swipe left. It's like nigga, please, nigga, please. I mean, it, it, if it's meant for f- for humor. And not for malicious intent, right? Then don't be offended. I'm not going up there trying to make fun of anyone. I'm trying to bring humor. And if you don't find it funny, that doesn't mean all of a sudden it's offensive. It's like it's, there's an intent for humor and not for maliciousness. Then move on with your life. You have a very good vocabulary, dog. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate. It. But I'm writing I, these words down. But I guess to answer your question, uh, I. Uh, I think the funnier a joke is, the less it'll get criticized. Well, there should be no boundaries in comedy, is, is what we initially were talking about. Like, should should comedians be criticized for what they say and what they do? I don't think they should be. I no. don't think so either. It's but freedom it's, of speech. But we're in a time right now where we are. It's like once you start monitoring and and uh, and putting rules on art, then the art form dies. I mean, uh, you know, it's a corporate world now. Uh, but, but that's why I think a show, and I'm not saying this just because I'm on it, but a show like Roast Battle could help not revitalize, but maybe crack down some of the PC walls. Well, that's what we need to do, man. Uh, it, it's it's over. Oversensitivity and trying to destroy people for, for things they say, it has to end, man. You know, if you don't like a comic, don't listen to them. That's it. You know, if, if uh, a joke, uh, you know, I'm not telling you how to think, but uh, if you if you don't like a uh, comic style or persona... There's a thousand comics out there. Well, social media has created a forum for people whose opinions don't count, and all of a sudden they count. And not everyone's opinions count. I'm sorry. I know you think your opinion counts, but unless you have experience and 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 merit behind your opinion, you're just another asshole giving your uh, thoughts. There's, there's no there's no substance behind it. Have you lost female comedy friends? I don't fucking, I don't know, man. I don't know what people think when I'm around. You know what I'm saying? Someone come up to me, hey, what's up? I don't know deep in their thoughts what they think. They're probably, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. But if you really know me, you know I'm not. So I'm not worried about it. I know who my real friends are, man. And that's all I care about. The only things that are really important to me, my friends, my family, my lady, and my dogs. And no one can touch any of them. So 
try to destroy me online. Have fun with that. Waste your own time. I'm either going to destroy you back or I'm just going to ignore you. So who wins? You it's can't a tie, dog. Tie. I'll take a tie. I'm not losing. I'm not going to sit here and let you try to destroy my life. And, and just like a lot of people I talk to, my other comedy friends who have encountered this type of social media bashing and all of them are like, well, I just ignored it. I just ignored it. And I told, I, I decided to take another route because I'm tired of these pussies sitting behind their keyboards trying to destroy lives and being cyber pussies. You well, know? like I know, uh, who was it? A Tony Hinchcliffe got into a bit of a, um, snafu with the female MMA fighter cyborg. I uh, heard about that. Who, uh, you well, know, she was that serious. Oh yeah, uh, I think because of a roast joke. Tony had done said? a few roast jokes on her. You know, she uh, some might say has the appearances of being a, a dude. I mean, because she's very, very muscular. I'm sure, she's Hold manly. On. Give me a picture, dog. She's she's uh, picture uh, me with all the right things. Picture me with a mullet. Uh, she's like probably 155 pounds of jacked muscle. Damn, uh, dog. And uh, she's the probably they they've hit her from Ronda Rousey because they were afraid she'd kill Rousey. And, well, she's already been killed. Yeah, unfortunately, Holly Holm beat her to the punch. Oh, and then, Jesus. Uh, so, and, and then you know, there's people. Uh, I've done myself a Caitlyn Jenner joke on stage, and had uh, a gay uh, couple come up to me. You know, animate. They didn't really dig the uh, joke, but well, then move know. on with your life, dude. Yeah, I mean, all I said was, "Hey, I fucked worse." <laughs> That's here, here, here. I'm so horny. I just learned that too. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm so horny right now. I look at him and I go, you know, he, he don't look that bad. Who are you talking about? Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, dog, me. Listen, you, you you shut the lights off. I'll, I'll I'll get my dick sucked by that pig any day. <laughs> Please. Well, uh, <laughs> probably is a good way to good way to end it. Oh and, oh, and for all you cyber pussies out there, keep your, the, opinions, keep your opinions to yourself, all right? Nobody gives a shit what you think. You, you know, you, you, you know, you're not affecting anyone. You're just spewing hate. And, uh, you know, stop hiding behind your keyboard. You got something to say to me, say it to my face. Or, like, for those of you who don't want to keep your opinions to yourself, where can they find you on Twitter? Or do you want to give that out? Well, they, they know where to find me. It's at Mike Faverman. Send your hate and suck it. Leave my family out of it, you fucking pussies. Are you on Instagram as well? No, I don't know. I, dude, I didn't even know I had Twitter until someone told me it was hacked. So on Twitter, that's at Mike Faverman. M-I-K-E-F-A-V is in Victor, E-R-M-A-N. Julio, I would love to know your uh, Twitter. Uh, was it the penal code uh, 775? Yeah, I'm, I don't have a website yet, dog. When I steal some of the shit from your house and sell it, I'm going to start getting my my career together. I'll get a website, and I'll get a Twitter and all that, dog. <laughs> well, guys, this is... Uh, I really hope... Uh, you know, I wanted Mike <laughs> to come on and get his side of the story out. Uh, if there's any feminists out there who disagree with Mike, you can suck it, pig. <laughs> fucking assholes. If there's any feminist comics out there, fuck you. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Let me do yeah, the close. I'm, I'm sorry. I just said uh, these are instinctual. If there are any feminists, uh, go fuck. Okay. Sorry. Maybe. One more time. Feminist. All right. If there are any feminists or feminist comics who disagree with Mike's point of view, inappropriate Earl. We'd love to have you on. We'd like to have both sides of the argument. Julio, Can I come back, dog? I'm good on that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll come and visit you in jail when you go back. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling. I'm on probation, dog. I'm going straight. I found comedy is my future, dog. Dude, you're about as straight as a circle. Uh, wow. Uh, and uh, so, Mike, do you have any gigs you want to plug? Or uh, I'm at the Ice House tonight. I am heading out to Vegas next in two weeks. Chicago next week. Uh, dude, August, I'm in Ohio. Is there, is there like a Mike Faberman doctor? No, I don't put my shit up there, okay. dude. Fuck them. Uh, listen, I've never been that guy. Like, hey, come and see me. Just go to the comedy clubs and see someone funny, man. Keep supporting live stand-up. You'll be pleasantly surprised. There's a new wave of comedians out there that are just killing it, man. And uh, Julio, I'm. Yeah. I would just like to plug your asshole, but we'll talk about that oh, later, dog. Good God.
plugyourasshole.com. Hello. I think Jeff Richards uh, tried to register that <laughs> along with some other websites. But uh, guys, this has uh, been a controversial episode of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, I hope you like it. Whether you would agree with anything Mike or Julio or myself said, it's it's a free country. It. Freedom of speech. Uh, uh, I'll be on Roast Battle Comedy Central July 24th and then Montreal. Congratulations be- on oh, that, thank man. You, man. That's, That's awesome. 16 years in, you know. Yeah, uh, and still nothing happening. That's great. And uh, <laughs> welcome to the jungle, baby. <laughs> and just remember, when you go to see Roast Battle in Montreal, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm the man, baby. <laughs> so you 15 other roasters who think you're going to get your hands on that Comedy Central cash, guess what? Ain't happening. Because... Well, one thing a guy with money likes is more money. So uh, July 31st, when daddy gets that check and the trophy, August 1st, you can go back to your studio apartment in Valley Village and... Maybe maybe, maybe with that money you can buy an air conditioner. <laughs> no, no, I like to buy another uh, 80s metal shirt. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, rate us, review us, love us, like it, and uh, support your uh, local pet shelters. Uh, spay and neuter your pets. And uh, Jesus, they should have spayed. Bob Barker? What the They should have <laughs> spayed Bob Barker. That was one horny <laughs> old bastard. He's fucking all those girls. Uh, and I think he... Porked uh, Johnny, the guy who said, come on down. Oh, I uh, fucked that guy. Who knew that guy was gay? Hello. Hello. Boing, 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 boing. Uh, re- leave a review on iTunes. Rogan has like 100,000. How can I review, dog? I will review if, so oh, I can support the show, geez. dog. Just shut up. You were about as necessary as season three of Whitney, but... Uh, <laughs> Who's that? Hello. Eli Whitney, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cotton mill photographer. Uh, this is like the podcast that doesn't end, dog. I'd like to thank my sponsors before we leave. Stephen Piercy's the singer from Rat, at Mike Knuckles on Twitter, ProStockHockey.com, ProWrestlingTees.com, and at Beverly Kills CA. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt, support, you know, those four sponsors. And uh, I'd also like to give a special shout out to Tom Metzger, the grit and the what the fuck? Doing. <laughs> 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 <laughs>